Welcome to the Uncanny Superhero Training Podcast. This is Michael Sotos, and this is episode six. And I'm joined with a guest, and this is Sifu John Doty. He's my martial arts teacher and teaches Jeet Kune Do. Thank you for being here, John. Thanks, Mike. My pleasure to be here. Always like talking about what we do. So why don't you tell us about your certifications, what your uh, resume is? Oh, boy. Well, I'm, uh, I started martial arts in 1964. And uh, under uh, Ed Parker, my dad took me, I was going to a public school at the time in Pasadena, California, and I had run into some bully problems, and I wasn't a really big kid or a really, you know, athletic type kid. I was maybe more of a, you know, I was a tennis player and and stuff like that. Um, So my dad wanted me to to have some sort of training that I wouldn't get, um, get bullied, so... Started training in 64 at the Ed Parker Studio in Pasadena, California. And uh, so that kind of addresses why you started training. And, and how old were you? I was 10 years old at the 11, 64, because I was born in December. So. And your teacher was? Ed Parker. Ed Parker. So what was Ed Parker like? Ed Parker was, um, he was like a second father to me. Ed Parker, um, he... He would drive me to school um, quite a few times. I went to Flint Ridge Prep School in Pasadena. Um, he would uh, take us out for uh, Bob's Big Boy down on uh, Colorado Boulevard for lunch. Um, once we got in a car with uh, him, and who I later found was Bruce Lee. Um, <laughs> we went down to, to um, Little Tokyo and ate sashimi, um, raw fish, which back in the early 60s, you know, made my mother very happy. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I was down in <laughs> down in Chinatown with a bunch of uh, Asian martial artists eating raw fish, but uh, it was quite an experience. Um, uh, Ed Parker trained a lot of the movie people. Um, a lot of people don't know this. Um, he trained Peter Sellers, Blake Edwards. Uh, um, I believe his name was Sterling Oliphant, who um, was one of the producers of the Green Hornet which is how Bruce Lee got into uh, TV, um, was through Ed Parker. Um, Did you get a chance to interact with Bruce Lee when he was... As just a 10-year-old would around, yeah. around just another guy. I remember when the uh, Green Hornet series came out in 1967, um, I remember running to my dad and, and saying that, that uh, Cato, um, the Bruce Lee character, I, I was all excited because Cato was you know, was, had been at Ed Parker's and I'd been with him in restaurants and oh my God, so I was all excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so after, uh, so you were with Ed Parker for a while, then where, where did your training go after? Well, after uh, Ed Parker's, I got a, uh, my black belt um, right after I turned uh, 19 and literally like three weeks after that I went into the United States Air Force um, I enlisted at the end of the Vietnam War and um, so that was 73 and that took me off into the Air Force for about six years and then how, how did you end up training again where did you start training again well in the Air Force I trained I we had we had people I was in security forces and uh, we had some training there a lot of it was a lot of the boxing and jujitsu and judo and and that types of things 
Um, there were some other guys, I found another guy that trained in Kempo. Um, we trained around places we went. Um, I didn't start formally training again until I arrived in Tucson, Arizona in like 1979. Um, and I started back in with Kempo. Um, and, then, and then from there, did, you ended up at the Innocento Academy? Yeah, I, I lived in Tucson. I was a private eye most of my life. Um, in fact, um, after the Air Force, I was uh, in federal law enforcement for a while, and then I was a DA investigator. Um, I went to law school, and then I was a, um, um, a private investigator in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, in about 1989, um, I'd been coming back to Pasadena a lot in Los Angeles area, and I was working on some cases over there and decided to move back to Los Angeles, and so um, started training at Inasano Academy. How long did you train at the Inosano Academy? Oh boy, from about um, 89, late 89 till uh, 2011. Wow, and I bet you met a lot of interesting, oh, yeah. uh, cool martial artists there. When I was there, I, um, Larry Hartzell uh, was, was very available. He was teaching during the days. There were maybe a, a crowded class of his would be four people. And he was so available, and uh, Guru Dan was doing seminars all the time, and, and Guru Dan was the big draw. And uh, I just kind of hit it off with Larry. I kind of, um, you know, we were, we were both uh, uh, Vietnam veterans. Um, uh, we'd both been in military police. Um, and uh, I just, I got along with him. He was, he was available, he was a nice guy, um, yeah. Um, I ended up driving him around town. I ended up training with him in his garage. Um, there was, uh, you know, there was a handful of us. Tim Betcher, who's uh, now in Asano Academy. Um, Paul Lewis. Uh, myself. We're like the three, Chris Harley and Chris Harley. We're like those four of us there that uh, were the core people of Larry Hartzell's during the 2000s. And how long did you train with Sifu Larry Hartzell? Um, from about the mid-1990s till, uh, till he passed on in 2006. Um, and, he, and wasn't he known as uh, uh, a great fighter? Uh, oh, yeah. Others? Well, the thing that people don't understand, and this is where I, I, I knew um, Sifu Larry and Guru Dan back when I was a kid because they were both black belts at Ed Parker's um, Santa Monica School. In fact, uh, Guru Dan was the head guy at the Santa Monica School. And what happened is that when, when the uh, internationals came and Bruce Lee was introduced to the world in the 1964 internationals, Dan, Guru Dan was the one who was uh, the escort, drove Bruce around town. And from that, they became very good friends. Um, yeah. That's cool. Um, and then so, after training with Sifu Larry Hartzell, uh, I believe you met Sifu Paul Vunak. You want to that tell was, me a little more about that? Yeah, I, I met Sifu Paul in uh, about, I think it was 2002, 2003, and I was still training with uh, Sifu Larry. And uh, a handful of us from Inasano Academy um, decided, to, you know, somebody said, let's go down and train with Vunak. So four of us went down, and we, we went down to Oceanside, and I remember it was a Saturday, and we trained and we drove back to Santa Monica that, that night and we drove down the next morning again to Oceanside and we trained. And then I started going down and, and he had a Saturday class and I just started going down every Saturday and training with him. 
Um, he, uh, I, I was got to be in a couple uh, inside kung fu photo shoots with him. Um, he was again, he was very available. Um, he would, you could always call him, just like Larry. They always wanted to talk. They could always, they were always there to help you. Um, I remember uh, during a period uh, in the 2000, around 2005 when um, um, PTSD started started coming home to roost on me, and um, I remember Sifu Larry helped me a lot. He would call me up um, and uh, and talk to me about um, he called me big guy and just talked to me about healing inside. And uh, same thing with Vu. Uh, Vu was always you know if, if these guys, what I found in my journey in Jeet Kune Do, if, if, if you ever get in trouble or if you ever have problems outside of just martial arts, these people just, we're just like that. We're, it's just a family. They just come around and they just offer themselves whatever they can do to, to help or, or do anything. And, and that's how I feel we are as yeah, a group. that's what we are. You're, 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 our training group is, and, a, is a family. And that's what I like to emulate. Because more than it's just, you know, where you, you come and, and that's what I tell people too, is that we don't, we bow, we don't bow to me or, or, or because I'm better. We bow, we do the bowing as a respect to the art. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I, from Larry and from Vu, um, I've taken when we bow into classes, we do it in a circle because we're all equals. So we've been talking about JKD. Jeet Kundo. What, what is it exactly? I'd like to have you explain it, because a lot of people I don't think really know what it is. Well, first of all, it's very funny how many, how many Bruce Lee experts there are out there. <laughs> um, I know that, uh, that uh, Netflix did a, a Bruce Lee story that was 50 episodes of pretty much 80% pure fiction. Um, and I have no problem going on the record with that and saying that it was pure fiction. Um, Jeet Kune Do is a philosophy for living. It was Bruce Lee. It was made for Bruce Lee. It wasn't made for us. It was his way of figuring out how to um, swim through all the, um, the dogmatism that exists in martial arts. Um, Jun Fan, um, which was Bruce Lee's name, Lee Jun Fan. Um, Jun Fan is the martial art that came from him. Okay, and that's his Wing Chun. Okay, and uh, so Jeet Kune Do is, is it's, not, it's not about MMA, it's not about mixing martial arts, it's about, it's about interdependence of emotions, movement, um, and completion of the movement um, is the best way I can describe it. Uh, we have no set forms because everything is... Every, every movement feeds off of another movement. So your punch gets a response from me based on how your punch comes to me. Um, yeah, so, so that's, it's, it's, it's hard and that's why it sounds like I'm, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm <sighs> and then, well, and then Jeet Kune Do, the definition of it was it's, it's the way of the intercepting yeah, fist. It's, right? it's the way of the intercepting fist or the intercepting way. Yeah. And, it, and what it means by that is not that it's only a fist that you're intercepting. You're, you learn, if you, if you take Jeet Kune Do and you, and you take its physical aspects and you apply it mentally to things happening to you during the day, 
you can mentally deal with things in a martial type of way, uh, moving them out of the way, um, trapping them, pinning them down, sidestepping them. The idea is even in life confrontations when we're not physically challenged, if somebody cuts us off in traffic, is there, what's the appropriate response? Well, Jeet Kune Do, the teachings of Jeet Kune Do tell me the appropriate response for that. And it's not giving the person the finger or jumping out of the car and going crazy. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I'd like to interject. Uh, some of the things I really have found that I like about JKD is that there's a lot of flexibility to it or adaptability. Um, not everyone's stance may be different. I was just talking about this recently on a really short video about fighting stances. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to be the same fighting stance. You're going to find, you explore, you're going to find what works for you. And that might be different than someone else. Oh, yeah. And how, you know, we, we explore that through sparring uh, and, and dr drilling and sparring is, is a way to, to do that. And I, I really appreciate that about JKD because my JKD is going to be different than yours. Oh, yeah. And you see, that's the, that's the key to it. By you saying that, it shows me that you understand JKD. Because there is no, I mean, you've got the Tao Chi Kune Do, and if you read the Tao Chi Kune Do, he does not codify the art at all. Okay? He, it's, it's explanation, and it's up to the individual practitioner to arrive at a point to realize that they don't, their fist doesn't have to be closed at a certain way and striking at a 90 degree angle for it to be right. And I know that that's the problem that a lot of people face with modern day karate and all the other arts that tend to lay a little bit more on the dogmatic side. So what do you like, what are some of the things you like most about martial arts? If you, which one, that's, um, what, what's, what, it's kept your interest for a long time, your, your, your whole life. Well, let me tell you this. The reason, let me backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. The reason I went to Bunak, because there were, see, there, there are other people coming in out of the Inasano Academy. You have Bert Richardson, you have Dog Brothers, you have um, uh, Ron Maliki, uh, you, you have just a whole host of other people. And what I liked was that Bunak addressed the street. Okay, mm -hmm. and as a private eye, an ex ex law enforcement, an ex military, um, I can appreciate the value of knowing how to handle oneself spontaneously on the street, um, and that's why I went with Vunak. Mm -hmm. um, now I know that um, uh, you know, and Vunak concentrates on that. Vunak trains Navy SEALs. He trains the DEA. He trains the ATF, Federal Air Marshals. I mean, he is there. Um, and people can say what they want to say about Bunak and his style, but if the United States military and, and federal law enforcement are going with him, um, I, I, I really don't even address people that, that do that, you know, that say this or that about him because I just don't care. Um, mm -hmm. What he does works mm -hmm. in his hands. And I've, I've had the opportunity to go with you and train with Sifu Bunak and the training was, was just, it was amazing, and he's an amazing martial artist, yeah. and it was, yeah. um, it was just an amazing experience to go down there to Oceanside and yeah. train with him. So for me, so, so to answer your question, what is Jeet Kune Do to me then? What have I gotten out of it? Um, I, you know, I, 
I imagine that I'm, I probably know a little bit about fighting, but I, I think the most what I've gotten out of it is a sort of a, um, inner peace, and not in the cliche way that karate people talk about inner peace or other martial artists. Um, it's an inner peace knowing that no matter what happens, and I do mean no matter what happens, guns, knives, anything like that on the street, when it happens, I know what to do, okay? Now, I'm not saying that I know how to disarm or that I would win or, you know, this whole thing, you know, that, that uh, you hear the karate people go on about, but I know how to handle myself, be it to defuse a situation, be it to um, address a situation, um, walk away. I know what to do. Um, and I know that uh, at one time in my career, I was kidnapped in Nassau, Bahamas. And martial arts got me out of that mess and not because of the fighting ability, because of the mental ability. I mentally got unkidnapped. And that brings up a good point. So I like martial arts for the physical workout we get from it. The, uh, the ability to defend, defend ourselves, so it gives me confidence. And it's great movement training. But there's also these mental benefits, brain benefits. And, and I think that's uh, coming to the forefront, especially with that program in UCLA. They're yes. really looking at the Filipino martial arts. Right. And, Filipino. Um, all, all martial arts probably have, have that benefit, but they're really studying those Filipino yeah. martial arts. Yeah, they, they have, they've come around and they've found a definite brain. Um, it's, it's, it comes off of the effects of drumming. Like drumming does a certain thing in the brains. Filipino martial arts um, that has a not set pattern, more of a staccato rhythm, staccato mm -hmm. rhythm, um, it rewires the brain. Um, there's a really good website, cognitivecolly.com. Mm -hmm. um, and I've mentioned that before. They also have a Facebook page, so you can find them on Facebook. And they've, they're, they're, they're using Kali to address PTSD with veterans. Um, I've used it on some guys. I work with some veterans. Um, they use it um, for marriage counseling. Um, I've used it uh, in uh, employment, like when two people in an employment situation partners in a business aren't communicating right, we take them in and put them into this special Kali program and it allows them to build their communications. It works the same way with marriage couples. It works. It's just a rewiring. They're using it too for getting people off of, off of meth and coke. It mm -hmm. rewires the brain. Mm -hmm. It works. The science is there. Mm -hmm. It's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. and um, I mean, that's part of the reason I think everyone should do some form of martial arts. There's all oh, different, yeah. there's so many different kinds, right? Yeah. Even, even, even if you're not necessarily interested in, in JKD or the Filipino martial arts, somebody could do Tai Chi or some of the internal martial mm -hmm. arts yeah. and, and they'll find benefits from yeah. that. Yeah, and, when, and that's, see, that's, not everybody is a Vunak uh, type person. We, we here at uh, uh, Progressive Fighting Systems of Oregon, um, as you know, we, you know, there's a handful of us that are in the PFS mm -hmm. um, and other people that come, they have to learn first basically what we do before they can even enter into that. So that brings up a good point. So people don't enter in right into PFS if they have no training, no. correct? No, no. They have to come in and get a, get a, a foundation of, of Jeet Kune Do training. So that kind of leads into what are you focusing on right now in your training and teaching? What, what are you passionate well, about? 
Um, last October, I went down to um, uh, Sifu Bunax. He had a, a, a big thing that uh, cost a considerable amount of money, and thanks to my um, students, I was able to uh, go down to this. And what happened is that um, we became, I became certified in, in uh, Sifu Bunak's art, and I was one, I've, I've already got a senior instructorship in that, um, but what I became was one of 50 people in the world who can teach this military-style combat, um, you know, that has a license to teach it. Um, and it's very interesting because it's myself and, and a handful of people from the United States, but what's the most auspicious is that there were a lot of people from Israel, from India, from uh, Brazil, from uh, um, uh, Thailand, from just all over Asia. And uh, we're seeing that, uh, that um, PFS is being picked up by the Israelis. Um, and there's a good chance that it might, you know, supersede or mix in better with, uh, with Krav Maga, um, which has become pretty, Krav Maga, and I don't mind saying this, Krav Maga has become pretty just commercial now and kind of has lost what it, what it really was in the beginning. So uh, um, the Israeli government is starting to see that uh, PFS is picking up and has the teeth that Krav Maga has kind of lost to commercialization. So you're focusing on the progressive fighting systems? Yeah. yeah. Teaching right now? Yeah. And, yeah. and I've, got, um, I've got Mike um, who's interviewing me right now. I've got Brian and Randy who are uh, instructors um, under me in uh, uh, Larry Hartzell's organization in progressive fighting system. And when new people come, I steer them over to, to Mike and Brian. So... I didn't really say that at the beginning. I don't think we went over your um, your certifications, but you're a senior instructor in progressive fighting systems, right. and you're a senior instructor in the June Fawn JKD Grappling Association. Yes, yes, ma'am. And uh, it's absolutely amazing that he's here in little old Ashland, Oregon. I was so excited when I found out that there was a JKD teacher who covered things as such as Wing Chun and Filipino martial arts here in Ashland. I didn't think I would find someone who would teach those things. And also, he's just a great instructor and a great person. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Mike. I really, I, and any time, any questions you have, um, I encourage anybody that has any questions to get hold of Mike. He knows a lot about training. He knows a lot about martial arts. Um, and do you, you have the Facebook, do you have progressive fighting? How can people find you? Um, Ashland, Ashland Progressive Fighting Systems. And, uh, and they else? could message you through there? Yes, okay. yes on Facebook. And, For um, those out there interested in knowing more, right. if they have any questions. Right, and it's progressive. Did we, we are soon switching to progressive fighting systems of of Oregon. But I so, believe it's Ashland Progressive Fighting Systems currently. Yeah, it is. Still is Ashland Progressive So Ashland Progressive Fighting Systems. It's amazing to have a, teach, a teacher who has such a background such as Sifu John Doty. You heard it. He's, he trained under Ed Parker. He met Bruce Lee when he was a child. He's been at the Inosanto Academy and trained there for a really long time. Trained under Sifu Larry Hartzell. Uh, under Sifu Paul Vunak, just an amazing resume. 
And he and he's a great teacher and a great guy, and I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. All right, so I'll have another episode of the Uncanny Superhero Training Podcast up soon. Thank you for checking this one out.